Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Live Inspired Podcast, Monday Morning Moments with John O'Leary. I record these so that you and I can begin our days and our weeks in awe and on fire with a burst of inspiration. And I believe where we are right now in the world as summer begins to fade and fall begins to approach, we need a little bit of that inspiration. Because when fires ignite or cancers attack or tragedies strike, we lean into our community for support, for prayers, and for love. But often, when the invisible challenges of depression or bipolar disorder or mental illness, when they arise, we feel like we quietly need to shoulder all of that weight alone. September, it turns out, is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And because my family and the families of my coworkers and the families of innumerable friends have been directly impacted by both mental health challenges and suicide, we wanted to bring to light what too often remains castigated to the darkness. My friend Dennis Gillen, a gentleman we've had before on our podcast, understands both that darkness and the profound need for light. Dennis and his four siblings were raised in an idyllic community just outside of New York City. When he was growing up, the streets were packed with other kids playing. Summers were spent playing ball outside, and they only went home when their mom called their names for dinner. They were days that were filled with laughter and play and life and life. And yet, Dennis's family struggled quietly with depression. During his first year in college, Dennis received a phone call that his older brother, Mark, had been in a car accident. The brother that taught him how to ride a bike. The brother that taught him how to throw a baseball. The brother that taught him how to climb a tree and had passed away in this vehicle accident. Upon returning home, though, Dennis learned that even more painfully, the truth regarding the circumstances of his brother's death. His brother Carr did not hit another vehicle or strike another object. In reality, his brother's car never even left a garage. It was not an accident. It was a suicide. Unsure how to process this loss, the family kept the agony and the emotions all bottled up. They rarely spoke of Mark's death or the struggle he had shouldered quietly alone or the insurmountable pain of losing him. They buried Mark and they buried the pain. They just tried their best to move on. Nine years later, Dennis received another phone call that would change his world again. His younger brother, Matthew, the kid that he taught how to ride a bike, the kid that he taught to throw a baseball, the kid that he taught how to climb a tree, had also passed away. Two brothers, two deaths, both suicides. Dennis, as you can imagine, was absolutely overwhelmed with grief. He remembers being in a thick fog at the funeral. He remembers being completely unmoored and disengaged during the following week with his extended family. And he remembers being furious about all that he lost he also remem remembers being scared for his own life. And he remembers that along the long drive home back to his house with his wife after a week of being with the family at Matthew's funeral, that he had one thought going through his mind again and again and again. He kept thinking about going back to work. He could not fathom it. He kept thinking about moving on. He could not imagine that. And he kept struggling with this idea of pretending that everything would be fine, that it would go back to normal. And as he thought about all that, he vividly remembers dreading that after being gone for more than a week, that he would be returning not only to a life that would never again be the same, but also to a yard certain to be in need of maintenance. 
It may seem so insignificant now in hindsight, but with the dense fog of sadness already enveloping him, the very idea of having to cut the grass after that long drive home, it almost broke him. As he and his wife pulled onto their street, they noticed immediately that the grass had been neatly cut. The weeds had been delicately pulled and put away. The driveway had been perfectly swept and manicured. There were fresh flowers at the front door. There were coolers loaded with meals and pantry filled with food. The neighborhood had come together to lift up this young family that had lost so much. No, the neighbors could not change what happened in the past. But they could love these neighbors. They could support these neighbors. They could be with and for these neighbors going forward. That simple act that those those neighbors did that day overwhelmed Dennis. He parked his car. He put his head down. And for the first time, he wept. He just wept. Dennis began to realize he did not have to do this journey of life and recovery by himself. He sought a counselor and he joined a support group. He began processing the losses, stopped self-medicating through drinking and unashamedly started asking other people for help. We all need help. Dennis committed to not only choosing a different path than his brothers, but to making sure that their lives would not be forgotten and their deaths would not be in vain. More than two decades after the deaths of his brothers, Dennis uses those painful losses as motivation not to mask up and hide emotions, but as fuel to encourage and engage with others to share their struggles. He wants to utilize conversations around his brothers as a reason to talk about suicide and mental illness and mental wellness and life. Last year, here in the United States alone, more than one million individuals attempted suicide. My friends, when you hear a number like that, I want to make sure that you recognize this isn't just the people out there, out there, people we'll never meet. If you look to your left and to your right, it is a family nearby, and it might be the one staring back at you in the mirror. And yet, only one in five of us with depression actually reach out and actively seek help. My friend Dennis wants to be a champion for greater awareness and greater action, greater unity, and greater movement toward a conversation and back toward life. He encourages others, all of us, myself included, to be real, to seek help, to not hide, and to vulnerably lean into others. Because when fires ignite, or cancers attack, or tragedies strike, we lean into that community for support and for prayers and for love, and rightly we should. And let's agree also that when the invisible challenges such as depression, or bipolar disorder, or mental illnesses arise, that we should utilize that same beautiful network for help too. Because asking for help does not make you weak. It makes you human and it might just save a life. My friends, if you want to learn more about the work that Dennis is doing or the conversation that we shared together, check out our conversation. It's episode number 46 on the Live Inspired Podcast. Again, that's episode number 46, a really beautiful, painful, but ultimately life-giving conversation with Dennis Gillen. I want to thank you for being part of our Live Inspired community. And I want to give you a number today if you want to continue the conversation or if you know of someone who is struggling mightily in their walk today. If you or someone you know needs help, do not delay. Reach out immediately for help. The best number that I know is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And you can learn more about them and their work by dial dialing this number. It's one 800 
800-273-8255. Again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. So for this time and until next time, I'm looking forward to it already. My name is John O'Leary and today is your day. Live inspired.